buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Browning and Gary Callagher here from REMAX Results every Saturday on KDAL from 12 until 1 o'clock. And uh, good afternoon, Gary. How are you today? Jim, we're just we're doing just fine. And uh, I don't know if you remember last week when we uh, recorded, but I, I just I want to start this off in a non-real estate show, but the Twins were 5-2. and two. Oh, last week, and now they're, yeah, yeah. And then they went on a five-game losing streak. Yep. And I think they, they won um, on Thursday, or on Wednesday, so they broke that streak. But, uh, boy, oh, boy, it's just funny how that stuff works. They were they started the season off so well, and then um, hit the brakes on this that winning streak and just couldn't pull it together. So, yep. anyways... Baseball's but, baseball's it, a streaky thing, though. I mean, hopefully they can like uh, come right come right back. Yeah. Uh, but man, we got some really good stuff to talk about today. And uh, I know in our second segment, we're going to talk about this article that that was written uh, and posted on CNN, uh, and it relates to the city of Duluth and some of the things that that uh, are going on around our country with people relocating. And this particular writer. Uh, who was a climate change um, writer asked, you know, was thinking about the migration and where people are going. And this is stuff that you and I have talked about over the last couple right. of years. Yep. And and he started to ask himself the question, like, yeah, okay, people are going to migrate. We're going to have these natural disasters. We're going to have, uh, you know, climate change. But where are they going to go? That was his big question. So he started to set out to find out where he felt there were going to be uh, opportunities for for people to migrate that are experiencing these these uh, uh, you know that are going to go with these migration patterns and are experiencing these natural disasters and have to leave their homes. Right. And where are they going to go? So we'll talk about that in the second segment. Second segment. But another just crazy article this week that was posted uh, out of D.C. by a lady named Anna Bonney and. Uh, Here's the headline. 76 all-cash offers right. on one home. The housing madness shows no sign of slowing down. Now, this was a property that was listed in a suburban Washington, D.C., and it was listed for $275,000. And she got a total of 88 offers on her house. Wow. And now this is a real estate agent that owned this house. Right, and you said it was a fixer-upper? And it was a fixer-upper. Out of the 88 offers that came in, Jim, 76 of them were cash. Okay? And, you know, another thing that you and I have been discussing is with all these multiple offers, how do you pick the right one? Which one do you know is going to be right? Yep. And she went on to say that um, 
there were 15 bidders out of the 88 offers that didn't even look at the house. They were sight unseen offers. Wow, yep. And this is a four bedroom, 1800 square foot home. What do you think it sold for? I don't know, but did you, did you say this is in, I mean, is this right in the middle of Washington, D.C.? It's in suburban Washington, D.C. Suburban, D. okay, all right, all right. So I would imagine on the on the outside a little bit. So it was listed at, it was listed at, how much? It was listed at $275,000. I want to say it sold for three fifty. Four hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Holy Christmas! Okay, that is you that's know, almost two hundred thousand dollars over what the list price is. Right, and it's it's like <laughs> that's like almost getting to the close where it was double the list price. You know, um, and she went on to say that this was one of the lower priced homes in the area. <laughs> yeah, well, that's obvious. I think it must be it must be a you know a. Um, amongst all kinds of uh, very valuable properties. Now, you and I can't imagine what the what the average sale price is in uh, Washington D.C., but holy mackerel! What? Well, she went on to say that an investor bought the house, and that in all likelihood he's going to, uh, or this investor is going to fix it up and sell it for even more because it was a fixer upper, and so. You know, and this this article went on to you know kind of dig into you know why are the home prices on a tear, you know what's going to be the what's the outlook and and when do when do these people think that things are going to start to like stabilize and get a little bit start working to, towards a more balanced market, and you know when you look at it, Jim, and you go back just a year, you know we were in the beginning stages of this pandemic, and you know. We were dealing with stuff that nobody wanted to go look at homes. Nobody wanted to put their homes on the market, you know? And when we were going out to do this stuff, we were putting our hazmat suits on and, uh, uh, you know, it became a little bit of a, of a, a really strange environment that we were dealing with, you know, with families at home, their kids are at yeah. home, they're not oh, yeah. at school anymore. Yep. And so, and they pointed this out that, you know, because of the pandemic last year, people just backed away from the market. Now, we know that the market really picked up as we got into fall of last year, up here especially, but there were still a a number of people that did not put their homes on the market, and they still haven't done it. And so, what they're saying here in this article is that they believe that the first half of this year is going to be uh, a barn burner. It's just going to be just, you know, what we've been experiencing here recently is going to continue through the first half of the year. But as we get into the second half of the year, they're predicting uh, that the interest rates are going to go up, you know. And, and I don't, if, you, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the predictions from these uh, this panel of all these experts, scientists, and whatever, when it comes to real estate, they were predicting the same thing. It was a very similar uh, message that they were delivering, is that the mortgage interest rates are going to start to go up in the second half of the year. And the people that didn't put their properties on the market last year during the pandemic are now going to come back and they believe that May 1 is going to be the, the trigger date is when you're going to start seeing things happen and with more properties coming into the market. And when that happens, they believe there'll be there's still going to be competition, but it's going to be less. 
And then as the mortgage interest rates rise and these homes come on the market, they believe that that's going to be something that's going to start to work itself uh, out in the marketplaces in, in terms of like uh, bringing down the uh, the activity levels. The people that are buying now are uh, obviously they're getting their houses and, and how long can you sustain that pool? So um, I thought this was, was really interesting, uh, but and it, I think it's very similar. I don't think it's the same, on the same scale as in terms of prices that we have here locally. But um, um, the other thing that they talked about was should people wait this out? Should we buy now right. or should we wait it out? And really, my take on this article was that they said, just get in the market, take your swing. Because first of all, you've got, you know, at least a, a 25 to 30% chance of getting the house. And with the, with the mortgage interest rates the way they are at these historic lows, if they go up, some of these buyers are gonna get priced out of the market and it's unlikely that the prices will will start to drop because that's typically how it works. As the interest rates go up and the market stabilize and people can't sell their homes, they can they start to reduce the prices. But they don't think that's necessarily the case here. They don't think that the market is going to like tail off um, on on home prices. Uh, that growth price growth will continue. It will get less, but just the cost of doing business is going to be more expensive. Yeah, I, you know, that's certainly going to happen, I believe. You know, I mean, the um, interest rates can't be stable um, forever, and I think that we've seen signs of them starting to crack a little bit. Um, so it's very interesting what's going on in this market, um, both home and all over the country, you know, how crazy things are in so many different places. I agree with you. I mean, this is really something that isn't just going on locally here uh this is happening all over the country but this runaway real estate market is just like is unlike anything that seasoned real estate agents have ever seen and so you know when it begins to tail off um but who knows you know and i think the other thing to remember jim and and this is another thing that you and i have talked about for years is the real estate is affected locally and what goes on in your local you know, municipalities really kind of dictates the economy of, of the real estate market or the economy of anything, you know, when it, when it comes right down to it. And so when you look at local economies and how things are doing, I think that also has a, has a, has a big impact on, you know, what home prices are going to do. And I think we're seeing here in Duluth, uh, the Twin Ports, you know, you know, is, uh, a very stable economy and a very good outlook on the economy. So I don't know how if we're going to slow down here, Jim, but it's um, um, it's certainly a frenzy out there, and uh, I just don't know. I don't know when it's going to end. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and um, <clears throat> from what we've read, like we said, from what we've read, it is crazy all over the country. All right, Gary, we've come up on our first break here, so let's take that now, and we'll come back. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, 
welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Running and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number so people can get a hold of you? I'm at 218-390-0615. Yeah, and my number is 218-348-7653. All right, Gary, turning to, um, turning to the home market... Um, we have kind of logged uh, the active listings for sure. Now we're going to look at more than that. But um, Gary, guess how many active homes there are in Superior for sale right now? Is there more than 10? There is. There's 13 that are purely active. And the longest one, well, so, and, and let's, if we, if we take out, there's three of them that are sort of a, um, investment property um, based on room um, rents um, and not like a typical single family home. So if we throw those out, then we're then we're at ten. Um, with those ten, the longest being on the market, uh, one thirty seven days, and the shortest is one, of course. Um, so that's very interesting. Now in um, in in Duluth, just one click here, and I've got that figured out. In Duluth right now, um, Duluth proper, um, 56 active listings for sale. So, again, it's a tight market around here for sure. Well, um, uh, the biggest thing that I'm looking at with the, with the statistics nowadays, Jim, is the pending. Right, exactly. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit last week as well. The um, When you look at the active listings and they get these offers on them, they don't go pending. And we have different statuses that we, we have right. to uh, categorize our listings in. When it comes on the market, it goes in as active. And then what, typically when you get an offer and it's subject to a home inspection, it will go active uh, contingent on an inspection. So it'll, it'll get a status change. And then when you're through the inspection timeline, it'll go to pending. Yep. But now what we're seeing in this marketplace is they're going from active to pending. There is no inspection. Right. And when you look at, at the, the majority, and I'm talking in the 50 per 60 percent range of these new listings, they're going from active to pending, meaning that means that these properties are getting multiple offers on them. People are waiving their home inspections and they're getting the offer and they're just going from active to pending. Right. No inspections. And so that that to me is a telltale sign of like you know a crazy market and i just went through this with a buyer this week where we were one of 13 offers on a home yeah and we talked about this inspection and you know what what this particular buyer is going to be up against and you know she's moving in from the west coast and she just wasn't comfortable waiving her home inspection and um I, I, you know, explained to her that you, you realistically, that's going to be something where it, you, you don't have much of a chance of, of, you know, being the winning bid. Um, and, but she didn't care. And, and I think that that's a, that's a, uh, a, a good sign in people where it's like, you know, that's fine. I like the house. I really want it, but I'm not giving up my inspection. Right. I, I have to do the inspection. And, and so the people that are waiving their inspections, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say. If it, I, I, I look back to the, the past, Jim, and what we did prior to inspections, and this goes back into the early 90s. 
We didn't have inspections when nope. I first got in real estate. We didn't do inspections. People bought houses, you know? I mean, if they wanted to bring a contractor through or something like that, they did it. But the home inspection, you know, uh, you know, the, not mandating it, but the ability to have one, that didn't really start until you got mid, mid-90s. Well, and, and now, of course, we have language right in the offer to purchase or the purchase agreement, um, however you want to call it. And I remember completely writing, you know, we used to be um, language experts. We would write our own contingencies because there wasn't the, the pre-formatted ones. So how many times did you just write an inspection? You know, this offer is subject to inspection of the, of the furnace and the water heater and the roof, you know. Um, yeah. You, you know, but now there's, there's some real um, intricate details about, you know, home inspections um, that are written right in the purchase agreement. So, in any event, I you know I look at when you look at the stats right nowadays, it's like it's just staggering to see how many people are waiving their inspections because if they don't, they really they're not they're not going to get the house. You know what it's, I think is that there are so many other people waiting that will waive these inspections, and I just right. don't know. I, I just don't know where the balance is between. We need a house so bad, we're willing to do whatever it takes versus, like, what are we buying? <laughs> exactly. You know? and, and, and the other thing to remember is not all real estate agents, and I would say the majority of the real estate agents, they're not really savvy in terms of, like, you know, the components of a house. And it's very difficult, you know, for, for me to believe that these agents are walking into houses and can recognize, you know, hey, that's, that furnace isn't good, this plumbing doesn't look right, the wiring isn't good. And so I think there's a certain level of risk that people are taking by by waiving their home inspections. But I think the market at this point just doesn't care. They just well, want a house. Right. So what do you think about this idea? Because this is I that that idea scares me uh, slightly on more so. I mean, not more so. More so for the buyer, but it also concerns me for the seller and for the potential, you know, for a suit later because we don't have a home inspection. While we have as a disclosure, um, <clears throat> the next listing that that I'll be putting on the market here in uh, well, one of these that's coming on the market in about a couple of you know, two to three weeks, um, that home will be pre-inspected with the idea that somebody's going to be waiving their home inspection. But I just I, I I think it's an extra layer of protection for all parties involved to kind of know what's going on with the house, and if the seller provides a home inspection. To all buyers who are looking at it, um, you know, I just I feel that that is uh, a more comfortable place to be uh, when we represent that seller. What are your thoughts, uh, Jim? I think that's an excellent idea, uh, and I think we could see more of that. But the pre-inspection is is a um, uh, it, it's a liability issue in terms of like, hey, we know we're going to get these offers. They know they're going to waive them. I don't want somebody to sue me here. I'm going to have it pre-inspected. I do think that's a really good idea from the seller's perspective to help. Should there be any, any, uh, you know, potential, uh, liability or some, a buyer comes sure. back and, you know, whatever the case would be. So yeah, I, I can see that happening and I do think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think if you, if you enter that into the part of the disclosure, here's the home inspection, you know, um, you know, see experts opinion. Um, I, uh, <laughs> That's, I think that's a big thing. And then you just attach the home inspection in its entirety. The other thing it does for a seller, getting a pre-home inspection, 
what happens is is there might be some nagging issues that you didn't know about that you know are going to be um, something that you want to do, something that um, needs to be done uh, to the house itself. And a lot of times that will get done before it hits the market. So you can still have that pre-inspection, but you can kind of have a checklist. You know, we had this done, we had that done, and we have this done. So now we think the house is in, in pretty tip-top condition. Uh, and I think that is going to be an added value for maybe even more money on the back end of the, or on the front end of those offers. So the seller might end up ahead by doing a home inspection prior to listing it and having it part of the presentation to the buyer. Yeah, uh, excellent point, excellent idea, and I, I hope we see more of that. Yeah. You know, that would be just a great idea because then, then the buyers can walk in and really have a, a level playing field. Yep. Versus what they're dealing with now, which, which is some unknown. And you have these buyers like, like like the buyer I have, and she's just not comfortable. She yeah. said, I got to inspect it. You know, my husband hasn't moved here yet, and we just we can't do it. Yeah. You and, know, I can't write an offer without an inspection. And, 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 and it's also good to see a, a buyer be able to pull the reins in and just say, and not get really super caught up in the frenzy and just go for it where they, yeah. they have a little sense about themselves. So I thought all oh, that was encouraging. She was bummed out she, she didn't get the house. Uh, but right. at the same time, too, she um, she couldn't let go of that inspection. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's a wise, a wise decision, too. So um, speaking of uh, pending properties, Gary, so I'm in the multiple listing service in the city of Duluth. Um, According to the MLS district, without any of the you know other other areas, 162 properties are pending, and active. Um, you know there are 102. Okay, now if we if we if we cross over to Superior, um, active there are 23. I remember we we we, we kind of got that down to um, uh, to uh, 20. No, 13 and down to 10. But then the pending ones, um, just pure pending, are 24. So very, very interesting uh, uh, details of what we have. And I think it just proves what we have is a tight market. I mean, lots of pendings, very little very little active, which means that the, um, the houses that come on the market are selling pretty quick. Yeah, Jim, and the mortgage interest rates this week are still, they've actually bumped down a little bit. You know, your 30-year fixed uh, conventional uh, mortgage rates at 3%, your 20 years at 2.875, and your your 15-year is at 2.375. And uh, the FHA and the VA loans have stayed stable. They're both at 3.125. So we're still in a good environment for uh, the mortgage interest rates. And uh, But uh, we'll see how this market goes. We'll keep looking at the stats. And uh, I, you pulled I up just, some of those. You, you pulled up some of those. What's sold. going to happen to the twin ports? Because of, of uh, I know we want to get into this article that that was posted on CNN here this week, but uh, we could still be in for a wild ride here locally. Right. Why don't you? Um, why don't, before we do that, why don't we go through uh, what has sold so far this year? Um, I think you pulled up some stats for Minnesota. I've got some Wisconsin stuff pulled up on my end. Well, I've got, you know, what we're looking at in terms of sold properties, and I've got some of the local areas here. Duluth has sold 210 homes so far this year. 
with an average sale price of 258000 Hermantown has sold 19 houses this year with an average sale price of 313000 Cloquet has sold 25 homes so far this year with an average sale price of one ninety one. Um, Proctor has sold seven houses, average sale price of one ninety. Rice Lake, our new little city here locally, yep. has sold one house so far this year. And this is actual closed sales. There may be some that are pending out there, but these are closed sales. And that that, uh, that house sold for, say, 307000 Two Harbors has sold 11 houses with an average sale price of $267,000. Right. And Superior, it looks like, it, it, I mean, it's just a hair under 160000 for average and 57 total closed properties since, since January 1. And then if we go back out to uh, just the county as a whole, out in, out in Douglas County... Um, we are looking at, well, we'll come back to that one later, Gary, because I just had operator error here on this computer. So, um, all right, let's see. We've got another four minutes left. We want to start diving into this article about, uh, about climate change in Duluth again. Yeah, yes, we do. You know, this is, uh, this was just, this thing floored me because I know that you and I have talked about this many times over right. the last few years. Uh, about some of the things that are going on and where people are going to move as these natural disasters and things start to take effect. And, and I think the big work at home or work from home uh, thing has has just really caused this thing to explode. But this this article that was posted on CNN by the uh, a gentleman by the name of John Sutter um, was just fascinating, quite frankly. And there was another uh, individual in there that he referenced that really did some of the science work behind this. His name was Jesse Keenan, and he's an associate professor professor and social scientist at Tulane University. And um, he's the guy that's actually identified Duluth, Minnesota as, as a potential climate safe haven. Right. And this article um, uh, and, and the, the, the author that wrote it, uh, this uh, uh, Suter fellow, John Suter, he's a... Um, climate change specialist and he's been writing about this stuff for quite a while and he's talked about climate change what it's going to do how it's going to affect people and on and on and on and on and on but he recently started thinking about okay so we're going to have climate change there's going to be migration it's 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 happening it's going to happen and now the work from home um dynamic that has taken place here in the last year has really accelerated this so he started thinking about well okay where are all these people going to go because you can have issues in one part of the country but are you going to go to another part of the country that's that's going to be the same and let's take the west coast for example let's just deal with california we all know what's going on we all know the fires and the whole pacific northwest um, and we've talked about people that are migrating to Arizona, to Montana, to Utah, to Idaho. Um, but as you get into the, the um, if, if people migrate down to the south, you're going to have some of the same issues. You know, they have hurricanes on the south Gulf Coast. They have hurricanes on the east coast. They have, uh, you know, natural disasters, earthquakes, all that type of stuff. So where are people going to go? Fascinatingly enough, they believe that Duluth, Minnesota is a safe haven from climate change. And they also believe that the whole Great Lakes Rust Belt area 
is poised to be this safe haven where people can go. And we don't really think about, and we take this water issue for granted. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. we live here and we have, water isn't an issue to us. Gary, I got to interrupt you. We got a, we got a hard break here right now. So folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Continue talking about this. I've got some other interesting stats about it as well. So we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. And folks, if you want to reach me, my telephone number is area code 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher, please give out your phone number. I'm at 218-390-0615. All right, and so we are talking about um, Duluth being a safe haven in climate change and quite a, quite a big boost um, by CNN with an article that was both uh, on the news and then in print as well. Yes, yes. And uh, this Jesse Keenan, um, he actually came to Duluth a couple years ago and did a presentation um, uh, at the University of Minnesota Duluth and talked about this. And this was a couple years ago. And they 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 had a couple of different points here. Uh, and, and he actually wrote a thesis on this. And some of the key points were was number one was water, where he indicated that Duluth sits at the western point of Lake Superior, which is among the largest freshwater lakes in the world, containing about ten percent of the world's accessible ten percent uh, accessible freshwater. And uh, he goes on to say that the California is running out of water. The massive Colorado River is often sucked by dry cities in the southwest and that the west is getting drier overall and here's duluth sitting on this abundant stable supply of water so that was one of his his uh his points the other one was housing and he he said duluth like other rust belt cities has available and and affordable housing stock and according to the mayor's office the city of duluth was built for a hundred and thirty thousand people but obviously as the manufacturing declined i mean we were a boom town at, at one point and uh you know our population now sits at, at about eighty six thousand, and so they they see that a, a city that has the infrastructure and that was built for this number of people has has a significant has significant room to grow and so that was a big thing about you know hey we're kind of like shovel ready for this um and then the other thing is that he pointed out was he called it a cool factor. Uh, and he's, he wasn't talking about the weather. Right, yeah. And he actually indicated and said, you know, it's not as cold as you think. It's cold, yeah, but it's not as cold as you think. But, he, but when he talks about the cool factor, he described Duluth um, as a progressive and inclusive and welcoming city. And it's a type of place a Californian can tolerate. He went on to talk about the art scene, the breweries, a distillery that makes gin. Uh, and, you know, they talked a little bit about politics and, and the progressive nature of politics. But um, they believe that the, the entire Great Lakes region is poised to succeed with this safe haven from climate change. But they believe that Duluth is really positioned well to accept people coming in and provide that safe haven from people that have just really been 
burnt out and have had enough of, of the natural disasters that are going on across our country. And, and that this work from home, um, you know, people with the ability to work from home now is a, is a big driver in people saying, hey, we've had enough, we're getting out of here, you know? And so they've, uh, they've identified a number of different cities, but Duluth is, is right up there and I, I just found this fascinating, you know. They had a they had a uh, a testimonial from a lady that is going through this and bought her house in Northern California and just had has had it. And you know, this is lifelong Californian, and she just says I can't deal with it anymore. Right. And I don't know if you remember us talking. I had my uh, uh, a buyer from California last fall, and she, it was the same thing. She she came to Duluth. Um, she was her family was originally from Hibby, but she'd been moved away and lived in in California for fifty years. And she said, "I've had enough. I can't deal with it anymore. These this last round of fires, and uh, just um, I'm out. I'm I'm leaving." And so, I don't know, Jim. I see with the Twin Ports, both Duluth and Superior, being really poised to have some like huge growth here. And um, this article just kind of you know hits home with it but i don't know did you i don't know if you read the article yeah. but what do you think <clears throat> i i think it's very interesting and and um when also in the in the video when she said that a place near her house or maybe it was like when she was looking outside of her house a particular lady that they interviewed um, when she said that the, the lake or the pond that was close, when it was glowing red from the fires around and when the smoke was so thick from forest fires that you had to retreat in, uh, indoors, I mean, that's pretty much when she said, yeah, it's, I've, I've had enough. Um, so that was interesting, and, and I thought the whole, the whole angle of the article was, um, was very interesting. Now, if you, look at, if you look online, the best places to live in a future troubled by climate change... Um, they have some, you know, what makes a safe place. They say the first thing is a cool place because they think that the temperature um, is going to go up six degrees hotter in 30 years, which, you know, whether or not that's true or not, who knows. Um, um, but away from the ocean because of the rising um, water levels that this is going to happen, access to clean water, um, and then elevation they say people are looking that way but elevation may not necessarily be um an issue if you're if you're inward but so then they then they give the uh um, best places to live in a future in the world um and they called boston massachusetts one but then number two is the entire great lake states you know in this particular article um and then number three is greenland and uh four is denver colorado and five is ireland so and I think it's interesting that that three is Greenland, since you know, if you ever watched any of these climate change movies, um, where everybody goes to get quote unquote saved is they, they they generally fly them out, you know, the chosen few to Greenland. So uh, very interesting. Um, Hollywood has already kind of um, hit on that 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 Greenland is one of the places to be. But Duluth in this article, um, and when you talk about these things, you know. A cool place, well, Lord knows it's a cool place there, away from the ocean, it is away from the ocean, access to safe safe drinking water, well, we've got the largest freshwater body of water right outside our door, and then the elevation, of course, um, you know, it's not hard to find elevation just in case, so it's it's totally interesting, 
Um, and you know, once again, the Twin Ports get some national some national news, which uh, can only help home sales, right? Yeah, and two final things for me on this thing. I think this John Sutton, the, the guy that wrote this article, you know, he obviously flew into Minneapolis and drove up here. He said the first thing that struck him as he was coming over the hill into the the uh, Duluth area was that it, the, the city reminded him of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And as he, he drove and he got into the city proper, he said he became more and more amazed with this thing uh, and that there was this 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 other quote from the lady that was contemplating moving here that it, it had the San Francisco feel. You know, uh, they right. interviewed uh, Mayor Larson on this and, and she actually quoted that, you know, we are like a mini San Francisco. So, yeah, and you and I, uh, I have heard that, that all our lives. Observations you know? and perceptions are interesting. Yep. Yeah, and the and the climatologist that he's talking about, um, what was that? Jesse Keenan. He has, to his credit, he's got a couple of books. Plus, he's also had uh, uh, hundreds of interviews, um, you know, on this subject and subjects that are close. So, uh, it's it's you know whether where you are on the global warming uh, issue is is not the issue here with us. The, the issue is that. This is bringing some really good press to the real estate market in uh, in in Duluth, Superior, and the surrounding area. Well, I don't I don't know how much time we have, but they also interviewed um, Karen Diver, Three and more she's minutes. a member of the Fond du Lac yep. Band of Lake Superior yep. Chippewa, and she was the former advisor to. Pro- and they talked to her about that, and and she she basically said, you know, if you're going to come here, then you need to support us as indigenous people. Uh, so that the climate that so that your climate solution doesn't end up in our cultural and spiritual genocide, she said. So I think that that's that's that was pretty profound, you know. And, and wow, yeah. you know the the local Native Native Americans that have lived here forever they they um they don't like this stuff, and they they have a, a profound respect for the land and the waters, and so. Uh, I was glad to see that they interviewed her as well, and and that that there's that as well as like, hey, if you want to come up here, that's fine. But you have to remember, there's people that live here that have a have a very huge respect for for just the land itself and the waters and those things, and uh, that if you if you start to abuse that, you're going to hear from them. And uh, uh, so, again, I think the, interesting the, article all the way around. Yeah, and the timing of that article is. To me, it's quite interesting because you know another thing that's in the in the headlines of the of the world news is the negotiations that are going on with the deforestation of the um, um, the tropical the tropical jungles down in South America um, and the billions and billions of dollars that you know we're going to pay some of these countries to stop clearing out the tropical rainforests. Um, and you know, it's it's just a there's a lot of interesting articles on there about about this climate change stuff and and what's going on around the world and and how it affects us all. So, all right, Gary, we're coming up on a break here, folks. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we're going to come back and wrap it up right after this. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronnie and Gary Callagher here. From Remax Results, uh, going on twelve years now, Gary. Well, two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, so we're in our twelve. Thirteen years. We'll Thir- be thirteen years, and uh, as we get into this fall on the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Wow. 
All right, folks, if you want to reach me, go ahead, 218-348-7653. And Gary, how about your phone number? I'm at 218-390-0615. And I think the last thing that we want to talk about is, you know, if, if, you, if you do need to sell, if you do want to sell, wow, what a market. Uh, I think if you listen to this show for any, any time of, of uh, over, over the years, if you listen to Gary and I, you know that we, we do know the market and uh, we have some really good ideas to get your house sold, including I think that pre-inspection is, is really something that I'm going to talk to people about more and more because um, it, it, it scares me on both sides with uh, no inspections on houses uh, as we sell them. So Gary, what are your thoughts there? Well, again, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think that's a great idea, and maybe that'll be a trend that yeah. we see coming down the pike, and, uh, you know, who knows? But, uh, Jim, can we talk about one of my kids for a little bit? Yeah. Uh, you know, over the, the last year or so, we've been talking about my oldest daughter. She has lived in Las Vegas, and, and her husband got transferred to Syracuse, New York, and they were settling in, and uh, they just got word this past week that he's being transferred again. Uh-huh. Oh so they have to move. And they bought this house up in Syracuse, New York, and, uh, you know, a year ago this month. And they were just settling in because of the pandemic. They didn't meet a lot of the neighbors and everything. And, and so I've been talking to her, and she said, you know, we're meeting the neighbors. It's a great neighborhood and all this type of stuff. And she called me kind of really unhappy and said, you know, her Dustin's getting transferred. And they're taking, bringing him down to the corporate office, and they have to move to Richmond, Virginia. Wow. <laughs> So, um, good things. They they contacted the real estate agent, and their house is, could be worth up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars over what they paid for it a year ago. Jeez, Louise! Uh, so that's exciting. But trying to find a house down in in Richmond, Virginia, is is going to be a challenge as well. Is and, that going to uh, be the same? Looking yeah. at the market down there, you know, trying to help them and everything, but completely different. And uh, they're a little upset at the whole move and everything. They didn't think it was going to happen. They they kind of knew was going to happen but they didn't think it would be for like up to five years but um wow just, uh, you never know yeah you never know what's it's great that the the market value on the house has increased but it'll be interesting to find out when they do purchase a house in richmond virginia if they were just trading dollars or if they even had to invest more to get the same thing no so, they're going to get a better house they're going to, be able they? to buy a higher dollar house because the new york taxes are staggering and so just eliminating the taxes that they have to pay now, they're going to be able to afford a couple hundred thousand dollar more house well, that's because good. they won't have those taxes to pay. All right, Gary, we got to wrap it up. Why don't you give out your phone number one more time? 218-390-0615. And my phone number is 218-348-7653. Folks, have a great weekend out there. And uh, Gary, last thoughts for the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Well, uh, we'll keep chugging. We'll keep bringing the best uh, real estate news in the Twin Ports. Yeah, and there's been a lot of it lately. All right, folks, everybody have a great weekend, and we'll talk with you next week 